School CEO Conversations is an Aptigy Media production. We like to have insightful conversations with education's most inspiring and thoughtful leaders. In this episode, Writing Your District Story, we talk with Jeff Collier, Superintendent of Saginaw ISD in Michigan. Here are our hosts, Michael and Joy. Jeff, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Really appreciate you being here. Well, I really appreciate being here. This is quite an honor. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, we're so happy to have you. So I wanted to start with your time at Augre Sims. I know that communications was really important to you at the district. Why was having such a strong communication strategy so important? When I first came to Augre Sims, I was starting to do some personal assessments of where the the perception was with the community in the product with Augre Sims School District in particular. And not being from the community, I wanted to be able to use my aspect, although brief, to be able to see the trees from the forest. And one of the things I wanted to be able to lay down pretty quick was a qualitative assessment about whether or not the quality of the product that I was seeing on the campus matched what our community's perspectives were. Mm. And it really didn't necessarily match all the time. I think that there was an assumption by our community that our school district was going to be excellent anyway, because after all, that's what you're supposed to be. Our community didn't want anything that would be inferior, but there are also real challenges with being a small, rural, impoverished school district that Augre Sims was. Yeah. So to better share the positive dialogue about the entire story of education that was happening at Augre Sims, I wanted to be able to create a platform of communication to help build that community support and parent confidence and to also be able to help me engage the community in a shared dialogue of what was taking place educationally on campus. Unfortunately, too often, really due to the security campus measures, we do not necessarily have community members, parents, guardians, grandparents come onto campuses anymore. Or if they do, there's usually a process that doesn't really feel warm and welcome. So even though we want to engage our community, there's this dichotomous aspect of making sure that our students are first and foremost safe. So as our engagement with the community, we want to be able to, to share all of our positive stories, but yet we say, hey, we're going to check you at the door. Trust us. So if we're not communicating what we're doing, if we're only basing that on past experiences of our community members of what school looked like when they graduated, then I think we're really missing the mark. And what we wanted to be able to do with this communications platform was to help share experiences, this overwhelming positive experiences day to day, minute to minute, really, of the quality of education our students and teachers were experiencing so that we could share that outwardly to really build upon the experience for our entire community. Yeah, and that's something that we hear from superintendents all the time is just that community members come on campus and they don't even recognize what they're seeing because students are sitting at tables, they're working on, you know, robotics or these kind of fantastic science experiments and school just doesn't look anything like it did even 20 years ago. Absolutely. The radical shifts in education that have happened with schools based on theory and best practices Mm -hmm. are something that our community members, it just does not look like when they Mm -hmm. were in school themselves. And that has changed slightly right now due to COVID, obviously, where Mm -hmm. some of those best practices are being tried out in different measures. But so often we would hear from our community members that would say, well, we never realized this was happening or, oh, my goodness, that's what you're doing. Or how did you decide to do that? That doesn't look anything like when we went to school. Mm -hmm. But yet they go through their day to day assumption 
thinking that that was what school was like and not being able to relate either to students, to their community members, to their grandkids, their nieces or nephews. And that is a huge problem. Yeah. And for me, I was actually having this conversation with my brother and he's talking about how you know, schools need to be investing in, you know, real world career opportunities, right? And and I told him, I was like, well, actually, schools pretty much across the country are doing that, right? <laughs> schools nationally have really been investing a lot in career tech ed. And so it seems like it's more that people just don't really know what's going on in schools. So I was wondering for you, how much do you think it is that schools have just done kind of a poor job of conveying the change and conveying really what they're doing to people? It's tough to be able to say because the national dialogue is shifting all the time. And I think there are a myriad of perspectives. And I think what happens more often than not, and we'll use the anecdotal story you just shared, the reality is I believe that the dialogue is being created not by educators. They're being Mm -hmm. created by the stakeholders and by the constituents. And really, when we get down into it, and we don't like to talk necessarily about community members like this, but our clients in education. And I believe that everybody brings their bias to the table. But if you do not know exactly what's been happening because you're living in a world of assumption, then it would be easy to have that bias reflect only what your first person experience would have been Mm -hmm. when you were in school. So if you take, for example, prior to COVID, we had a lot of school districts that were still preparing to ramp up to the why Mm -hmm. and how of how to use instructional technology. The districts that were using that for several years, actually, have been modeling a new styles of instruction. So when people have a bias that says, oh my goodness, what are you guys doing? Your teachers are only working on computers and students already have enough screen time. Until they see how the interaction is happening, how the coding and the relational aspects of that is happening, it's mind blowing to somebody who may have graduated in in the 80s of what Mm -hmm. school looks like because we work and then our assumptions are bolstered again in Hollywood or Mm -hmm. on the small screen. And it continues to feed into those biases that we bring, which unfortunately are not always the norm and sometimes are very radically different. However, as an educational entity, I do not believe that we've really shared what's been going on because it's not necessarily in our wheelhouse to do so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've heard you use the term communications buffet quite a bit. So what's in the buffet or (laughs) kind of what do you mean by that? Uh, Why is it useful? So maybe this is the Midwestern in me coming out, but you know we're, we're fairly fond of our buffets. <laughs> and I began thinking about if we have this confounding issue of communication and maybe the inability to necessarily describe and share or celebrate the overwhelming positives that are happening in education, then I wasn't sure whether or not we had the ability to just simply have an avenue. Mm-hmm. So as we began talking about the purpose of the communications uh, platform that I was hoping we could architect at Augre Sims, I began thinking about and talking to several users. And I began thinking about, as we partnered with Aptigee in particular, we were going through an overhaul of the website. And my dad popped into mind because my dad is a consumer primarily of websites. And my dad loves a static website. He loves to be able to go to a website. He knows where it's going to be. And that's his wheelhouse. My mom is an email user. She loves to communicate via email. Mm -hmm. I began thinking about the myriad amount of styles of communication that we have. At that point, the district was traditionally using mailers or newsletters or maybe postcards. I thought, how many people are we really reaching? Mm -hmm. And if I were to go to a buffet and you had three choices on that buffet, 
I'm probably not going to return to that buffet anytime soon until you can tell me that you have some of the things that I really, really like, where our communication stakeholders could come to that buffet at any time that they wanted, in any manner that they wanted, and be able to either sample or take as much or as little of any style of communication that we had out there. So if my dad was at the buffet, he'd probably load up on some website and maybe a little (laughs) bit of email. My mom might grab some email and some Facebook. I definitely would be digesting the Twitter. or Maybe there'd be a Mm -hmm. podcast on there. Maybe it was the mobile app or the live stream. Maybe you want to be able to take a little bit of that news feed and see what it's going to be like. And those were the things that we wanted to do. I wanted to be able to have a broad brush rather than focused solely on a couple of different media streams that forced people to come to us. I wanted us to be able to go to the people and how they were going to be digesting that information. And that makes a lot of sense. And I think that that's something that's so important right now as we all have so much information available to us kind of at any point in time. But I'm curious for you as a small district leader, how do you have the capacity to send messages across so many channels? Because that takes a lot of time. Well, that really was becoming a point of burnout. And I don't mean burnout necessarily in the literal sense, but just of trying to create the communications platform. Yeah, I was finding that I was spending an inordinate amount of time because the one thing that I was fond of saying, I said, our school district is a fine dining restaurant, no different than <laughs> anywhere else, whether it's Traverse City or Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, Detroit. And I said, the reality is we have to put on the same incredible fare for all of our community members because they believe in it and they're paying their tax dollars to make sure that we have the gold standard of service and excellence. However, the biggest difference was we just don't have enough cooks in the kitchen. Hmm. And as I was looking for how do we bolster these pieces, because I believe so much in the communication story of education, that's when we began taking a look at seeking a partner. And quite literally, that's when Aptogee came in when we began doing our research because I needed an ability and needed a place to be able to help share and reshare instantaneously in the different modes of delivery style the same message rather than going from one to the next to the next and recalibrating it individually. For me to put out a media release, would sometimes take over an hour because I was trying to get it out into all the different media streams yeah. for that buffet. So that that really is where a lot of that came. It became a capacity issue that we sought some service with. So when did you start seeing the impact from that? Was that something that was more immediate or really took a couple years, a couple months? Well, again, these are these are going to come in a series of viewpoints that I'm going to own because we were constantly looking for the metrics. And many districts were formulating communication strategies, but none that I was able to see that we could copy or to be able to reach out to because it wasn't a robust structure of what I was looking for. It wasn't the buffet, if you will. So what we started to do and where my school board, my admin team or community or chamber, as I was speaking about this, they said, okay, well, where's the proof? How is this working? It's very difficult to talk about proof because I believe that time and consistency are going to tell the story over time. Mm -hmm. And in reality, I have several anecdotal pieces that I think really resonated. So as we started to take a look at what was happening with our communication platform, I can put out some pieces I think are, are really strong indicators of positive success. For example, over eight straight years, we had either stabilized or raised enrollment. That sounds okay, that's what you should be doing. What's interesting is when you compare it to the previous 16 years, it was a 
continual decline of enrollment over 16 straight years. And when we began our communications platform, we stabilized and began to either uh, stabilize, remain the same flat, or increase for eight straight years. So that, to me, was an indicator of a renewed sense of confidence in the product. Another place that we were able to begin to attract and retain top-tier talent. So again, you're talking about Northeast Michigan, a gorgeous area. Quality of life is through the roof. But there are some very real barriers with impoverishment and transportation barriers. As a small rural school district, we were able to attract educators that began to follow us and follow our story. And we were able to pull teachers from Illinois, Alaska, and Texas to come up to Northeast Michigan. Uh, I think that's a really strong indicator of success of a positive story. Mm -hmm. We were also, from a metric aspect, we were able to pass for the first time in in almost 25 years a new bond proposal for campus improvements. We passed an $8.1 million bond in 2018 with a 67% voter approval rate. It was a slam dunk. And then we began to be talked about and seen as a regional leader, even though we were one of the smallest school districts in Northeast Michigan, we began seen as a regional leader. It increased our invitations to present, to attend conferences. It was just a growing piece of positivity building upon positivity. So those are not necessarily hard metrics as much as they are qualitative or anecdotal, Mm -hmm. but I believe that they are really strong indicators of positive success of the communications platform campaign. Yeah. Well, what I love about you guys' story is that it makes it so clear that your communication strategy was not making anything up. You weren't making Augre look better than it already is. You were just showing the great things that you guys are already doing. Um, and that's, I think that's exactly so what it was, Joy. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was just a matter of sharing what was happening every single day mm-hmm. and letting people realize and see, seeing the smiles on people's faces and, and being invited behind the curtain a little bit into the classrooms to see the instructional technology, to see the styles of learning, the, the groups, the pods, the mobile furniture, the intrinsic dialogues. And this is the beauty and simplistic nature of a communications platform for education is the captive audience is already there. Yeah. <laughs> all you're doing is all you're doing is sharing the byproduct of excellence that happens on a minute by minute basis. And the scope and breadth of that is when you have a shared dialogue mm-hmm. of voices. So I wanted to shift gears a little bit. Can you tell me about your new role at the ISD? So my new role at the ISD, I am the superintendent of the Saginaw Intermediate School District. And the Saginaw Intermediate School District is an educational service agency that provides effective and innovative leadership services and resources throughout Saginaw County. Our mission here, I love the simplicity of this. I'm a little embarrassed that I didn't create this in my former employee, but the vision mission here is to serve, innovate, and empower. What an amazing mantra that really fits into communication. We service 12 local school districts. We have six public school academies and 22 non-public schools within the county. It's a large geographically and socioeconomically diverse county, uh, just under 27,000 students and about just under 700 employees here that are top-tier service leaders. So now that you're about three months into your role at the ISD, what are some things that you are kind of reflecting on from your time at Augury Sims that you hope to bring with you to the ISD? Well, that's a great question, and it's something that I'm obviously still working through. I'm still mm-hmm. reflecting upon and still 
working to understand where those pieces are. I'm a very reflective cat, as you guys know. <laughs> and as I look back, I do believe that by creating the success of our communications platform strategies at Audrey Sims, to be able to transfer and translate those skills to the ISD, I think, is really an incredible piece because of the even broader audience yeah. that is now here. The Intermediate School District, we exist solely to serve and provide great quality servant leadership. So there's a neutrality now within my voice where some people could have perceived a communication strategy simply to have been a marketing platform. We live in a school of choice age, and that I can tell you in fidelity, that was never the reality. If it was a byproduct of positive marketing, that's one thing, or if it was perhaps a positive branding piece, sure, absolutely, those are byproducts. However, coming into the ISD now, there's a neutrality that it's, we have a captive audience. So there's not a reality uh, need to be able to market or to be able to do any of those things. So it is just continuing to build upon more as more to expand partnerships and relationships and to share an even larger story countywide now about the amazing things that are happening in education. And that to me is so exciting. I can't stand myself. <laughs> and to be able to hopefully facilitate as a leadership role from the ISD and be able to help build the capacity to our 12, uh, in particular 12 public schools that may not have the capacity that we were frustrated with when I was at Ocre STEM, to be able to help share their story one on top of the other. So it doesn't matter what mascot, it doesn't matter what team you're playing on a Friday, it doesn't matter what your zip code is, it's just going to be compounding the excellence of education throughout the entire county, region, and state. That, to me, is super exciting. Yeah. Well, I was so excited because you're kind of in an opportunity where you're, in a nutshell, like creating that story, like you're figuring out what the story is going to be of the ISD, I think, which is an exciting moment to be in. It is. It's a bit daunting. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the same challenge that I always ask, and I ask my team the same thing of me. What if and why not? Why would we not be doing this? So, there, it always comes back to what is our purpose? Well, if our purpose is sound, then we have to ask, do we have the capacity or can we build the capacity? And then when it, will it be sustainable? When we're talking about storytelling, I believe those are right in the wheelhouse for purpose, capacity, and sustainability. So I don't know if this is just <laughs> innocence or ignorance, but I think that the story of, I think that the story of education is so powerful and so uniquely ingrained with almost every person in our country that what an amazing opportunity to share the overwhelming positives of what is happening with our students and staff and community in a forum with storytelling. To me, it just makes so much sense. Well, I'm thinking about the 12 superintendents that you're now serving. Do you think that they are, are totally bought into this idea of storytelling, or is that something that you're kind of working on building that capacity? Well, I think that we're, we're working. This is all pretty new. Yeah. And my tenure here is new as I build relationships with team members. There is a trust quotient of making sure that words match the action. So we're working through relationships. We're working through trust. We're working through support. We're also coming at the most unique time in modern educational history in the last hundred years. Absolutely. With, um, <laughs> COVID-related concerns, return to school, extended learning plans, the things that we're working on first and foremost, and rightly so, need to be 
focusing on the health and wellness of our students, staff, and the community. So there is a unique aspect right now that I'm taking an incredibly conservative approach on reaching out to our team leaders and superintendents in the county because I want to make sure that we do have the capacity. So Mm -hmm. what I'm doing is I'm building the dialogue for the purpose so that when we do have the capacity, we can make it sustainable. And that's something I want to be uh, very clear on. I, I want to make sure that this is this just makes so much common sense to everybody. And it's not just another piece right now when we are riddled with stress, anxiety, concerns right now with COVID. Mm, absolutely. I'm curious, for other superintendents who might have trouble building capacity, whether in COVID times or not in COVID times, what advice would you give them to kind of build that capacity of their storytellers? Who are their teachers and other administrators? Well, I think the the advice that I would give is go for it. Yeah. Well, go for it. What if and why not? Why would we not want to share the positivity? As an instructional leader who has worked on multiple campuses right now, one of the blessings that I have in my reflection is the reality, I think, that uh, if we can share the positive, we may not be reactive to the assumed negatives that may be out there. And not only to just go for it, but to be able to take a step back and realize that the incorporation of everyone's voice across the entire spectrum of their district, whether it's teachers, parapros, students, parents, support staff, chambers, boards, foundations, whatever it is, that is such a holistic, unique, dynamic dialogue that when school leaders or superintendents have the ability to capture even parts of that, that is an overwhelming, amazing positivity that can occur on their campus. I used to tell my teams all the time, imagine if you just wrote three positive dialogues and popped it out on the thrill share a week, just three. And imagine if you were the only person that put anything out, that's three more positives than we would any other way. And then I said, what if we had our entire team put out three? Now we're a small school district, so we'll say, we'll, we'll just round to 50 staff members. If 50 staff members put out three stories, you have 150 positive stories weekly that are coming out without administration, without coaches, without community members, without board members. What a positive dialogue to be able to have that piece. And that's what I always advise people to do that say, well, I'm not a writer. I'm not a storyteller. I just continue to remind everybody that the story is what you are helping servant lead anyway. All you Mm -hmm. have to do is just repost the positive. Yeah, I did want to go back to something you had mentioned when you were at All Gray, but now thinking about it from the ISD perspective. I, I know you talked about how I mean, you've recruited teachers from across the country. So now that you're at the ISD, I mean, I feel like you're in this really unique position where you can really promote the entire region and the entire area and do it on a much larger scale. So I was just wondering, what do you feel like the ISD's role is in the overall teacher recruitment for the districts and, and also for the county itself? Well, what I, what I hope the ISD can do is act as a model for our local school districts just to be able to build upon more is more. I hope that we have the ability to really create a foundation. The United States Marine Corps is fond of saying that they pour good cement, meaning that they're going to form a foundation from which they're going to build everything else on. And I hope that we're able to do that in a neutral stance that allows the story to continue to manifest in a positive way 
so that the local school districts can pull from that story and build and enhance it within their own local school district and the unique norms, cultures, and climates that they have as well. However, I'm hoping that we can expand and enhance the fact that more is more. Positive begets positive, and championing and celebration begets championing and celebration. So if a job opportunity were to open up in Saginaw County, regardless of the district, regardless of the mascot, regardless of the school colors, hopefully that would be something that resonates nationally and perhaps internationally with educators who are seeking not only a a fantastic quality of life, but an opportunity to be able to say, that's a region that gets it. That's a region that's celebrating education. That's a region that understands the interconnectivity of more is more and the fact that this is about kids. This is about championing teachers and students and communities. That's my hope for the ISD, to be able to provide that foundational network of modeling so that we are creating, maybe we're the stir bowl where all the ingredients are tossing in so that we can create this really overpowering dynamic story. Yeah, well, we're really excited to follow you guys' story and just see all the great things you guys are going to do at Saginaw ISD. So one more quick question is, thinking back, what is your proudest moment as superintendent? Oh, boy. (laughs) It's hard to narrow it down. (laughs) Wow. Talk about tongue-tying me. Um, (laughs) My proudest moment, without question right now, without sounding egotistical, is the belief, hopefully, that the work that I have done throughout my career has always been focused on students first. Yeah. And my proudest moment that my wife Yolanda and I talk about a lot is the fact that this unbelievable Saginaw Intermediate School District chose me, even though I came from a small rural impoverished school district, it wasn't about the size of the district, it was about the size of the leadership. And that to me has resonated very deeply and very personally in a, in a pride point in a way that continues to challenge my vigor and leadership and my justification that hopefully what we're doing, we're doing well and we're doing right and we're doing it with the utmost gold standard of servant leadership and customer service. Oh, well, you're doing incredible work. So we're so appreciative of you kind of coming on the podcast and talking it through with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this school CEO conversation. You can follow Superintendent Collier on Twitter at Jeffrey J. Collier and learn more about Saginaw ISD in the show notes. To learn more about how to build a communications buffet at your own district, visit schoolceo.com forward slash buffet. While you're there, subscribe to School CEO for more advice, stories, and strategies for leading your schools. School CEO is brought to you by Aptigee. This episode is sponsored by Frontlines of Justice. Frontlines of Justice is a digital platform crafted to utilize the power of film to address social, racial, and educational issues in America through innovative technology, premium content, and influential educators. It's like nothing you've ever seen, offering content you actually want about issues you actually care about. In these times of social unrest, racial injustice, and remote learning, Frontlines of Justice is the solution that we need. E-learning that is changing hearts and minds from the front lines. Join the front lines at frontlinesofjustice.com.